Welcome to the Casually Serious Podcast with Bob, the Cannabis Cowboy, and Ken Man. And we're in the house. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Quick shout out to our friend, Dr. Brian Russell, for the theme music. Thank you so much for that, Russell Hustle. I really appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you, B-Man. For real. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. If you haven't, uh, if you didn't join us last week, um, myself, Bob the Cannabis Cowboy, and Ken Man, we're here to entertain you, educate you. Maybe I don't really know. We're gonna have a little bit of fun though. Talk a little bit about cannabis and talk about the uh, how cannabis and politics are sort of intertwining right now. Uh, we're calling this episode. Uh, well, it's actually the second of four episodes, but this whole four episode stream that we're doing is going to be 360 degrees of cannabis. We're going to cover a bunch of different areas of cannabis. And uh, today we're focusing on the politics of cannabis, um, not necessarily uh, choosing a side on it, but uh, Ken Mann's got a lot of information that he's going to impart to us right now about it, um, all the way from the Moore Act, legality, verbiage, all that kind of stuff. So you know what? Let's get it started. Ken Mann, how's it going, brother? Doing, man, doing great tonight. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it on our uh, second of this four-part series and uh, hopefully looking to extend this a little bit more even beyond that. But uh, the last week, uh, having that show that we talked about sports as related with cannabis, this week we're going to be talking about politics. Um, got a couple more great topics uh, coming up uh, the next couple of weeks as well. So so thank everybody for, for listening and coming to check us out. Uh, hopefully we'll educate you like uh, Bob mentioned and, and a little bit of humor and excitement and stupidity all mixed into one. So uh, what we don't want to do is bore anybody. So, uh, you know, if at any point it gets to be too much, you know, hey, just join us in the comments section, say what you got to say. This is an interactive show, or at least we would like it to be. So we really would like to have you guys be a part of this and just kind of let us know when we need to either talk more about something, talk less about something or whichever. So, um, you know, just jumping right into this, as far as politics as related to cannabis, there's obviously a ton of topics and subtopics that we could go into. And um, in our show, we like to keep it between, you know, 30 and 40 minutes. So we're just going to try to touch on some of the topics that have kind of gotten us to where we are today. And also learn a little bit about where cannabis is moving forward with legislation, especially as it pertains to our new administration coming in tomorrow, by the way. And happy MLK Day to everybody for this week. And Congratulations to President-elect Biden and uh, thank you to President Trump for the last four years. And we, like I said, and Bob mentioned earlier, we are not a partisan show. We're not looking to try to take sides one way or the other. Uh, this topic today, cannabis within politics, we felt was appropriate, even though we don't like to take sides because we feel that this is not 
a topic that generally requires to have sides. Uh, there, it's not really a partisan issue. It had long been more of a liberal agenda and sort of streamlined more towards Democrats. But we've seen over the past number of years, a lot of conservatives coming on board with the movement and doing so in various ways. Um, that's kind of what I wanted to get to a little bit tonight, because we see a lot of the movement of cannabis and where we've gotten over the past 20 to 25 years since the legalization of medicinal marijuana in California. Even then, there was still a lot of ardent supporters for marijuana and plenty that were very much against it. And I'm talking mostly in Washington, because at the end of the day, that's where these laws are made. And as right. we all know in this country, you follow the money to find out how the laws are going to be made. And we see this top end when it comes to cannabis. And as we kind of get more states following suit and coming through, obviously, at the beginning, we're looking at more of the democratic and liberal states. And it was kind of a, a hippie movement almost maybe in the 90s to some. Yeah, and for sure. A fringe movement, I think. And obviously, it's turned way mainstream at this point. Uh, last Gallup poll that was just uh, done last year or late in 2020 showed that 68% of Americans approve of the legalization of marijuana. Now, that's not even talking medicinal. That's talking outright legalization of marijuana. We're at 68% of America that believes this now. And take what you want from polls. But at the end of the day, I think you'll find that that number is probably pretty darn close to where we're really at. And, and might even be higher, being that there's a lot of people that don't participate in these polls. Asking the question of medicinal marijuana, I think you see those numbers go even higher. And that's what I've seen with a lot of politicians. And there's a couple that we're going to talk about a little bit later today, one Democrat and one Republican, uh, that were very high ranking in Congress that have since left uh, becoming legislators and started working in their civilian duties and, uh, and did so by backing marijuana and cannabis for reforms. So... Looking on both sides of this, I think we can find that no matter where people's mindsets really are about cannabis and legalization of cannabis, the value of, of medicinal cannabis is absolutely been proven. This is no longer something to talk about as hearsay or maybe it works here, maybe it works there. Or just There's, donor talk, or just pothead saying that it, this, that it works just so they can get it legitimized. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you're right. And, and that's where I think a lot of people were at first with this. And that was what a lot of people were thinking. Oh, these are just a bunch of stoners that just want to be able to smoke without going to jail. Well, you know, there, there is some of that, of course, but a little bit, just a few people here and there. But beyond that, there are folks that have seen firsthand what medicinal cannabis has been able to do, not just for them, but for their family members. And I, I personally have one very close to me uh, that I, I really, nobody's going to ever argue with me that medicinal marijuana is not a productive product to be used in lieu of opiates. Because I watched it firsthand with my father who passed away a few years ago. He was a, he was a paraplegic and he was in tons of pain constantly. And it was always opiate after opiate after opiate. And, and he'd be moaning in pain. He'd be passed out when he wasn't moaning in pain because that's, that's all he could do. It's either you're in pain or you're passed out because the pain was too much and the medications knocked you out. Once we started to use marijuana with him, it just, it was amazing. I, I mean, literally moments, just moments after he would, it, he would inhale marijuana, he was 100% laughing, smiling. I mean, it, it went from moaning to, to laughter. I mean, there were times when I'd go in and check on him, he's just staring at the wall. I'm like, you all right, Pop? Hey, I'm doing great. You know, I mean, 
no problem. I love that man. Yes, it, I, I have seen him in 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 his happy happy states. I've seen him in 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 his not so happy states, and it, that was definitely a, a great thing to see. As someone myself, real quick, um, who's been suffering with IBS since he was twelve years old, um, always skinny. My mom always telling me eat two chocolate shakes before you go to school every day. And I'd just be in my the bathroom for the first three periods of school. It wasn't until I started realizing as a casual stoner that when I was smoking this cannabis, I wasn't having the stomach issues I had. And that's when it clicked in my mind. And I think that also is when I started getting, when we started talking about you know medicinal cannabis and things like that, it was very, very, very easy for me to get on board with it because regardless of whether I wanted to be a, a pothead or not, it was doing good things for me. And I'm, I'm just so glad it was doing great things for your dad as well. It really was. And it's a shame that he wasn't able to see the legalization here in Florida to be able to get to that point and be able to, I mean, he would have just been a, a kid in a candy shop in a situation like we have now. I'll be honest with you. I walked out the first day and I cried when I, not just because I was so excited to have purchased marijuana legally in Florida. Um, but, but that, you know, for my dad, you know, I just felt like I wish he was there with me. And I felt he kind of was in a way, um, you know, because he's definitely got, uh, you know, got to a point where luckily we were able to still supply him with what he needed. Obviously, we're not advocating for the illegal use of cannabis on this show whatsoever. But we have to make sure that, you know, what we were doing at that time was the right thing to do. A quick side story to that. When we would go to his pain management doctor, they would have to uh, randomly drug test him in order to provide him with the amount of opiates they were giving him. And at one, at one point, he, was, he did test positive for marijuana. So when we went back the next visit, they told us, hey, you can't do this. You can't smoke marijuana and have us give you these pills. We just, I can't be your doctor anymore is essentially what the doctor said. Um, at the end of it, he figured out a way to kind of make it a false positive and just told him, hey, you can't do that anymore. Next time you test positive, I can't be your doctor. So as my father kind of left, the, I, I spoke to the doctor briefly and I said, "What? this isn't right. You know, I'm seeing him doing so much better without the opiates and with marijuana. We have to find a way to do this. And the doctor told me straight away, he goes, you know, you need to do what you have to do. Uh, your, your father needs to do what he has to do. So he basically kind of gave me the wink, wink of just go ahead. And, and at that point, we never got drug tested again when we went oh, in there. So awesome. The good thing was that once he started using the cannabis anyway, we hardly needed it. I was the one that administered his pills and, and he would just have all of the Percocets left at, after the end of the week because he didn't need them anymore. And here's a man that absolutely did firsthand. And thank you for allowing me to kind of just have that little interjection of, of my personal story with it. But it kind of ties into what's happening in Washington where legislators are so against it because of the stigma and a lot of where they've obviously classified marijuana. You know, marijuana is scheduled in such a way that it is actually, it's, it's considered a drug that has no medicinal value. That's basically the way Congress and our government looks at marijuana federally. And that's something that they are trying to change. The Moore Act has already been passed by the House in December of last year. The Banking Act was also passed last year by the House. That's um, big. Now, of course, banks to open up to cannabis uh, growers, dealers, distributors, so that they can be, you know, do their business a much, much more safely. And this is something that I see happening, obviously, a little more on the Democratic side. But now conservatives are getting in because they see it. Maybe their family member had an issue and saw that medicinal marijuana was helpful to them. And that in the instance I was going to talk about uh, with Representative John Boehner, who was the House Speaker uh, for four years from 2011 to 15. And John Boehner was a, a very prominent Republican 
congressman who was very against marijuana and would not even bring a lot of the legislation to the floor. So no matter how hard any try side was trying, Boehner would, would kind of be the stopgap right there and say, that's it, we're not going further. Today, John Boehner is on two different boards of marijuana groups. And he's doing this for a couple of reasons. First of all, when these congressmen are out of office, they get a great pension. They're paid very well. They've, they've got a lot of money coming to them. And of course, they've got clout politically and just notoriety because people know their name. So they sit on these boards. Just basically, it's symbolic. And they get paid their 100 grand or so a year to do so. And when they are interviewed, they speak positively now. They're not really doing the good that we would want them to do. And that would be to be in Washington and, and, and lobby. Because, you know, putting money in people's pockets as you pass by them isn't the way that things get done in Washington. There's a legal way to do it, and it's called lobbying. And this is the stuff that we need to see more lobbying happening on the part of cannabis and positive. And this has to happen with Republicans that were against it that can try to explain to others, this is why I'm now for this. This is why I sit on this board now. This is why you should be here, too. That's what's going to help progress our legislation I got you know what I got to say it 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 boggles my mind and and I I don't have the exact numbers right now but if I were to pull up the the, the amount of money that just Colorado made this year so far uh, or last year sorry uh, it is staggering it is it is freaking staggering so if you are uh, even the 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 most lecherous schivazzo uh, politician should be getting on board with this just because of the money it generates and that's right. really what blew my mind at the beginning of all this how even if even if it was somebody who was just staunch and just in, in their ideals about, about cannabis and what it is and historically and how bad it has been for the community and whatever bullshit they've been thrown, um, knowing the amount of money, even if they took that money and turned it into a way to get people off of drugs, hard drugs, actual drugs, narcotics, they, were, they would see an automatic flip in their, in their society. But I just, and, and I never understood why these politicians, as money hungry and power hungry as they are, how they could never get on board jumping on the cannabis train because it's so lucrative. Well, a lot of it has to also do with when you get on board with anything. Yeah. Um, when you're in on the ground level, then you know you, you've got a great windfall coming to you. When you come in late with any kind of an investment, you're just not going to produce the same kind of numbers. So yeah. I, as you see, and this happened here in Florida, I watched it right here in Florida. Most of Tallahassee in our state is a Republican government. And as the people voted overwhelmingly for medicinal marijuana in our state, they tried very hard to slow the process down. And a lot of the reason was because they knew that they were not in on the ground floor on any of it. Nobody, none of them were. None of them. <laughs> they didn't know anybody that was. No people that they could help weren't there. This is what politicians do. I'm sorry, but it's true. This is what they do. They try to see where they can get their windfall from it. If I'm going to vote for this, well, heck yeah, I'm going to do it because there's money to be made. And Colorado is a great example in the sense of, if you look at Cory Gardner, the, the senator for, mm -hmm. for Colorado, who was just beaten out this past election uh, by Governor Hickenlooper, that, that was a big move right there for, for all of us, because I mean, we're, it's a 50-50 tie now in Senate. I mean, it's 50 yeah. Republicans, 50 Democrats. So it's really gonna come down to uh, partisan votes, obviously, if everybody votes partisan lines, then at the end of the day, our vice president, our new vice president, um, is going to be the one to make those final decisions and break those ties. So what we need to look at now, actually, is which senators on both sides are we going to be 
seeing that are going to help us bring this legislation forward. You know, Mitch McConnell, the Senate leader for so long, was not bringing any of this legislation forward. Uh, the Moore Act was approved by the House, I believe, in about middle December last year. Mm -hmm. It's never going to see the light of day in Senate so long as McConnell's in charge. But now that that's going to change and, and Schumer is going to be the one that's kind of going to be running Senate now as quote unquote majority leader, even though it's a tie um, with the Democratic vice president, that's the way it's going to work. Schumer is obviously much more uh, proactive about wanting to move along this act. The Moore Act will get its time on the floor. I don't believe it's going to be really quick. It's not going to be in those first hundred days. There's plenty of things that the new administration is going to put ahead of this. But I know the Moore Act is going to be pretty close. It's something I think we'll see within the first six months of 2021 reach the Senate floor. And, and in later shows, we can talk a little bit more about which senators we think are going to be moving forward with, with passing this legislation on both sides, because I believe we're going to get Republicans that are going to side with this. I don't think this is going to be 50-50. I believe it will pass uh, in Senate overwhelmingly. You know, the good thing that we have, the person we have on our side is the vice president. And, right. you know, it, to be able to have that kind of uh, back, it, just as someone who's a cannabis user, myself, a cultivator, anyone, uh, to know that you've got someone in the highest office <laughs> that has got your back on this is huge. And I know you're going to get into what uh, the terminology that she's trying to change and stuff like that, but it is actually beautiful. I have read the proposals that she threw in there and I was floored again. I will say it again, it wasn't until this election that I decided to vote, and I could not be happier with the decision I decided to make, uh, whether it be presidency uh, or even locally for uh, cannabis laws that are happening in Lakewood and Denver, Colorado. But just to have people in office that are actually understanding, it makes me feel like we're not in 1984 anymore with Reagan and Nancy and and, and you know all these people telling us all this bullshit that we know is a, is a bunch of lies. Um, and we're actually, um, you know, I hate to use the word woke, but I really feel like there are some people and believe me, people in the in the White House are not really labeled woke, uh, but right. we've got at least one person in there right now. So she's That's on our side true. and I'm real happy for that. That's very true. And, and to see that government spends $3.5 billion a year to try to enforce prohibition against marijuana is absolutely ridiculous. This is money that does not need to be spent. The war on drugs is over as far as it's considered towards towards cannabis. And I, I'm pretty sure there's not many left that are going to argue with that. And they know that they categorized cannabis incorrectly. And they are going, they've been paying for that for decades now. And this is what's part of what the Moore Act will do, will actually completely remove cannabis from a scheduled drug at all. So it's not going to even be scheduled in any manner, which means it does have medicinal value. It does have value that goes beyond of just a recreational tool for people. And that's something that is in this act that's going to help quite a bit, obviously, move forward the banking laws and being able to allow cannabis to really thrive as a business and become what it's looking to be. I and mean, if you just look over the past 10 years, the industry has just grown and grown. And they've been doing this. And while cannabis is still considered a federally illegal drug, yeah. it's, a, it's incredible of what is happening despite where we're at within our government. And that's what's going to change with the MORE Act with a, with a few other things to it, too. It's not just about legalizing marijuana and descheduling it and allowing the banks to work work things out. What, what we really want to do here is get four to 600,000 people out of prison because that's where we're at. We're right around a half a million people that are incarcerated right now as we speak over minor cannabis 
laws. And that that can't be that somebody that's in Alabama is serving a year and a half sentence, whereas you got caught with the same thing in California or Colorado, you know, you, you wouldn't get anything, you know, and in some cases you might just get a ticket. And even in some states that, you know, have other, those laws, if you were in Florida and you got caught with cannabis right now and you didn't have a medicinal card, you know, it, they pretty much decriminalized it here. Yeah. So it depends where you're at. But for the same offense for this to happen and for us to be spending the kind of money that we are in our jailing systems just for these low level offenses is absolutely ridiculous. And that goes into a whole other story about the jailing system that I, I, know, and I, I don't want to last that. week. I actually got some calls about that through the week that I, I got to be careful what I talk about on here because, uh, you know, who knows? Somebody's somebody's watching them calling out senators that are, you know, got their money invested <laughs> in the jailing system. But, you know, it's true. It, it's, it's one of those things that bugged me quite a bit because they're going to continue to keep those low level offenses out there because they want to keep their jail, their jails full. It's just okay. like a hotel. If that, their yeah. hotel's empty, they're making no money. If those jails are empty, they're making no money. So if we get 500,000 people out for low-level offenses and we no longer have those laws to fill those jails, what do you think is going to happen there? Those tax dollars are only based on the prisoners that are in those jails. And if they're not there, they don't make their money. I'll stop on that because that's a different topic. But that's still, it goes right to where the money is. That's where the votes are. And that's why we need to get this. And I think the, in, in general, the movement has done it and it's brought it to the forefront. It's brought it mainstream. And honestly, uh, politicians have nowhere to hide from cannabis anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it, we could go off on it for another hour on that whole prison system thing. But the, one of the main. Another show. It's another show. <laughs> yeah. I, I know one of the main reasons why um, it's it's so slow to be federally legal is it really has a lot to do with the prison system. It is a massive source of revenue. Uh, it is a massive. It's just it's just a really, really insanely gross, huge thing in our country right now. And you know, having people freed and, and having their cannabis uh, convictions convictions expunged is definitely not in the best interest of a prison system. But then again, if you think about the kind of person a low-level cannabis user or even dealer is, to put them in the same prison system with people who are much, much worse than that is only exacerbating a situation that, that was not really a problem to begin with. So um, there's a lot of stuff that could be covered in that, but I, I it's one of those things where I, ca I can't really understand. Even then, you could make up that money that you are losing by taking Pothead Bob out of the jail cell and putting him back on the street to live his life and live go figure, live his life and be with his family. And then just whatever money you were making, you're going to make off legal cannabis anyway. It, it's right. almost as if you were trading off a horrible thing for a great thing. And obviously, we can't expect a lot of these politicians to think along those lines because they're so... Uh, linear in the way that they're thinking about everything. There's no way to go back in gray areas. It's just black and white with a lot of them that it's, t it's just, it's just tough for the average cannabis user to say to themselves, I, I can relate to the people who are in office. I relate to my government. There's such a massive trench between myself and the people that are in office that, uh, that, and it shouldn't be that way. We should be able to relate to them in some way, shape or form. And I already feel since this new administration has come in, I already feel a little bit closer to my government and, and I'm not going to jump on their lap right now and, and, and have them tell me what I'm getting for Christmas. I'm just saying that I feel just a little bit more comfortable with them. You know, I, I can understand that in, when it comes to cannabis legislation, um, there's going to be plenty of other things that we can argue about, you know, the, uh, one way or the other, what that could be good or bad from from any administration. But um, really, that's why I like this topic, because it really should not be a partisan topic whatsoever. Yeah. This isn't Republican and Democrat. This isn't conservative and liberal. This is really about the health of American people and Americans being able to make decisions, adults being able to make decisions 
for what they want to use to help them, whether it's medicinally or even recreationally. I mean, we don't talk enough about that because people just consider that's just the stoner effect. But at the end of the day, you know, the alcohol in this country is is gotten to the point where everybody's drinking. 21 might be the, 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 the age, but you know kids are drinking at 14 and 15. And at the end of the day, these are the accidents that are happening. The people that are having the biggest problems are happening because it's alcohol related. Now, I'm not trying to get into marijuana versus alcohol argument, but I am trying to at least make the correlation to the fact that you really don't find a lot of people smoking pot and get behind the wheel of a car and crashing or going and fighting at a club or or doing anything else that's alcohol induced or inflamed or you know to inflame that a situation even more it just doesn't happen as much so i know that's been kind of beaten to death one way or the other and you can make your arguments to it one way or another but for politicians to try to sit there and, and state that this uh, that this drug cannot be utilized as, as or have any value medicinally is asinine. And, and honestly, like I said earlier, they can't hide from this anymore. And to your point earlier about not being able to relate to your politicians, I mean, this is what happens when we don't have term limits. This is what happens when you have senators that are constantly in office over and over again, that we've got 30, 40. I mean, you know, our new president is 47 years and as, as a politician. It's just this can't happen. If we want to have people to be related more to who we what we are, then we need to run. I mean, folks need to just get out there and get involved in politics, especially at the local level. We, we don't need political neophytes running the country, obviously. We just kind of learned that might not have been the best idea. But at the end of the day, getting more people involved at the levels of congressmen, senators, state senators, these are levels that we can get more people that maybe we can relate to better. These people live in a bubble. They really, they're, they're protected. They've got the best insurance. They've got great money. They're protected by security. They're not living the same lives that we're living. They don't see what we're dealing with day in and day out. And that's why when you get somebody like a John Boehner, or I didn't get a mention earlier, but Tom Daschle was the Democrat I was going to mention, uh, who was actually the, the, the Senate leader uh, for four years. You know, Tom Daschle was very well known, and he also did the same. He was completely against marijuana while he was legislating. And then, of course, now he's out. He's sitting on boards. He's raking in the money. He did make a big push to get the initiative put on the ballot in South Dakota, which ultimately uh, was rejected. But that, he's making those pushes, so I give him a little bit of credit for at least that. But at the end of the day, it's money lining in their pockets. And, if, and as I read about the two of them to see why did they make this change, both of them answered the same way, that they had family members and people that they knew that so, that they were able to see the positive of their usage of medicinal cannabis and said, hey, look, th there is a benefit to this. They didn't suddenly just become, you know, potheads overnight. Right. Uh, they still both say they've never used it, but they're suddenly on a board that's definitely paying them a nice chunk of change every year for them to just kind of wave as they go by and say, yeah, I sit on that board. That's all they got to do at this point to make that money where they really should be pushing harder to move the agenda for us. You know, one of the big issues is um, when you've got somebody who is, you know, late sixties, early seventies making decisions, you have to understand that those particular people were during their formative years alive in the forties and fifties. And that is a problem. Uh, if you just go back and watch popular television and movies from the forties and fifties, how disconnected do you feel from that? And, yeah. To automatically say to yourself, this is just too fucked up for me to watch. I have, I cannot relate to any of this shit. It's racist. It's all right. kinds of shit. 
Those are the people who are making these decisions. Those are the folks that were alive back then that were told black people and and Hispanic people are going to rape your women if you decide to smoke marijuana and decide to throw all that shit in our faces over the course of these years. And then obviously, yeah, you know, and, and throw that in there. And that's when... We, I sort of, I think a lot of us are just waiting for people to die. If I'm being honest, we can't go through this. We can't wait another 20 years for these folks to be uh, dust before we start getting these these uh, these laws taken care of. And at least, at the very least, I you know, know knowing what I just said, it is still very big how far we've come, considering Agreed. all of those folks there. But again. I don't want to give them too much credit because they're making a lot of money. The states are making a lot of money. Everyone's getting their freaking pockets lined. And I don't care what anyone says. A lot of these guys are getting stoned too. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and and regardless of whether they want to go ahead and, and say that it has anything to do with legitimacy or black market, whatever the case is, these, these folks are probably smoking too. And if they're not, if they happen to get cancer, they happen to get some uh, something terminal or something that's going to cause them pain, they're going to start seeing the, the, the light of it all. And by that time, it, you know, it may be too late for them. And and that's sort of a that's that's a shitty thing to know, but we're we're changing right now. Things are changing right now, and we're getting we're getting a lot closer to where I want us to be, and where a lot of people, including myself and you, who have been you know surrounded by cannabis or in and out of the lifestyle, whatever the case may be, we know that it's not doing anything bad. Everybody right. that I knew in high school that hung out of the wall, y'all remember the wall? Everybody that was smoking cigarettes, smoking those guys weren't getting in fights all the time. They were you know they might have been flunked in school. That has a lot to do with the uh, the apathy factor of cannabis, um, but you know what? It's 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 just not what everyone said it was. And while we're on that subject, uh, I should tell you guys that it's been three days since I've even had cannabis. And you might be saying to yourself, "Well, whoopty freaking do, Bob! It's been like ten years for me." You're not me. And on top of it, I'm cultivating. I'm in the middle of the uh, of uh, of this uh, the cultivation and teaching people how to cultivate it. But also, we're home a lot. So I'm getting bored, which means I'm smoking more cannabis, which means I'm buying more cannabis. So I decided a few days ago, you know what? I'm going to stop for a week. Just stop it. What the hell? Put it down and see see if I can get myself back to the point where if I take a couple puffs, I can get the feeling that I want to get from it. At this point, I was smoking so much. But, you know, it, you start seeing the medicinal benefits when you're staying away from it. That's one of the things I was trying to get to here is that. I really, I, I, you know, I haven't been able to sleep real well and my stomach's probably a little more burny than it has been. But at the same time, I'm probably not eating a lot as, as much either because I'm smoking. And when you smoke, you get the munchies you eat. That's definitely one of the things that I've seen so far. I'm not ordering a, a vanilla malt from Freddy's Burgers, uh, you know, at 10 o'clock at night or anything like that. Uh, and it's just something that I feel that I needed to do personally. But it also showed me that it's not an addictive thing. I'm not feeling anything I felt from the first three days I quit smoking cigarettes. Let me tell you, I've never done heroin and I've never come off a of heroin, but I got to, I got to feel like that has something. It, it feels a little bit like that, you know, like <laughs> it's getting mad for someone coughing or some shit. Who the hell? Shut the fuck up. You know, like this is a little, little crazy things that that's a true addiction, man. And, and just cannabis is not, it's not that. It's not. And I mean, a lot of people do get to the point where you get physiologically addicted, where you get yep. to the point where you just feel like you're just going to smoke because you're going to smoke. I mean, I know my father was like that with cigarettes. It's like, you really want a cigarette? It's more like, well, that's right. what I want to do right now. It just became a filling of time 
kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, that, that just goes to the way people choose to, to use it and uh, whether it is, again, medicinally or recreationally and how they use it. You spoke earlier about it not doing harm. You know, I mean, obviously, you're, anyone who's inhaling marijuana is doing harm. You're, you're putting smoke in your lungs. There can be no positive effect to that. Um, other than, of course, the, what you get from it. But I'm saying the smoke in the lungs is always going to be considered negative, not as bad as smoking cigarettes because of nicotine and other tars and fallout in the lungs. But yeah. you still, we still need to be true here with what we're talking about, which is why it's incredible what we have today with tinctures and edibles and so many of vaping, so many other methods to utilize marijuana and get it into your system uh, for folks that have never done it before and they're afraid to smoke something or they don't know how to roll a joint or they don't want to have a pipe in their house or whatever right. it might be. There's so many new methods that even I didn't know about until I was able to go into some of these uh, dispensaries and see what's offered now. I mean, there's topicals. You can just rub it into your skin. It's uh, the effects and the manners, the ways that you can actually take it uh, are limitless now to where it actually can be much safer uh, for anybody to use, regardless of your situation. I've actually got it on both of my elbows right now. Shout out <laughs> to my brother, Bill Riley at Diego Pelissera, Alameda. Um, <laughs> I've got some great roll on. And I mean, you know, if he hadn't gotten for me, excuse me, I'm not sure I would have purchased it. It's a little too expensive in my eyes for a roll on pain balm. But at some point, you're going to have to w measure that uh, with how, how much pain you're dealing with. So my elbows and my knees, I'm six foot three, 210 pounds. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to have back issues for the rest of my life, knee issues and stuff like that. But if I can maintain it with pain management, I'm good. And one Absolutely. thing I have found out, and this is something that blew my mind. During the, the 2000s, um, when I was living in Austin, Texas, I was having a lot of issues sleeping. And I still have issues sleeping because I'm, I'm, I'm a sort of a high twitch person. But back then, I was, I was getting... 30 volume and 30 10 milligram Xanax a month. And that was just to sleep. That was just to sleep. Um, obviously, I was abusing those pills. Fuck yeah, I was. But at the same time, that's when I started realizing that, you know what, I can't keep taking these pills forever. It's not, I mean, I've got to find a way to get to rest. This is something that can't, this is going to be temporary, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward another 10 years why, why I had some uh, anxiety issues. I wound up taking one. I didn't necessarily love the feeling I got, but I did find this. I found that 15 milligrams of edible cannabis in tincture form, uh, edible form, however you want to say it, not smokable because it's completely different what it does to your body when it passes through your body and your organs. If you are eating cannabis, I find that 15 milligrams of cannabis is equal to 5 to 10 milligrams of alprazolam, diazepam, any of these benzodiazepines you might be taking in your life. I get the almost same exact relief body relief. I might not get the narcotic hit where I'm like, yeah, dude, let's go play ping pong for some random fucking reason, but I'm still feeling better. I'm feeling relief from it. And that blew my mind. I said to myself, if I had known this, you know, I would have just been fat from eating brownies because I didn't really know how to make any other sort of edibles back then, but still it would have been better for me than having to continue to take these pills. And, you know, I, I'm not going to speak for any of my, you know, vets or anything like that, but our brother, BG, Barry Gibson, he's a veteran. He, he definitely has a, uh, a lot of relief he feels from it. And he's pushing a lot of that too with, for a lot, for a lot of the vets. And it's just one of those things where you just can't deny it anymore. It's not about, it's not about us saying we want we to be legal so we can get stoned and buy pizza. You know, right. there's a bigger thing going on here and medicinal is real. And I'm so glad you brought that up because really it, it, I think people just sort of thought it was a, uh, you know, just something that we were saying in order to make, you know, cannabis cool. Cannabis has always been cool, dude. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like we just don't want to go to jail for having it in our car. Right. 
Right. Pretty simple stuff, man. You know, and, and I just and, and so just one more thing on the More Act uh, before we we go to our sponsor. I wanted to just mention that the More Act is also trying to get a little bit better equality with what's happening too by decriminalizing and by making this something that we can stop putting people in jail. We can also stop looking at having our issues of fourteen, you know, fourteen percent better chance of a black man going to prison than a white man for the same crime. And that's really kind of where the number is. That's probably a lower number than it really is. But from the statistics, the crime stats that I read, that it basically states that, you know, a black person's gonna have a 14% better chance of going to prison for the same exact uh, marijuana offense as a white person. And that's that's absolutely uncalled for. It's something our country has got to get away from. And, and that improper incarceration and doing things in that way is only further dividing the country and not letting us listen to what other people are trying to talk about. We had a summer of protests and most of it had to do with the injustice in this country. And that's one of them that we can resolve with the MORE Act, which will also, by the way, I want to try to mention, change, try to formally change the name of marijuana to cannabis within the federal government. Um, so you might hear us on the show uh, using both terms. Bob's better at it than me. I'm trying the, my best to try to replace marijuana, pot, whatever, with cannabis. So it's you actually cannabis. The, the name was cannabis. The law. They're actually putting this in the law, trying to to do this because of some of the negative um, connotations that the word marijuana has, and pot, and stoned, and all of that. So yes, marijuana. Hmm. Well, it was it was called cannabis up until uh, up until you know I think it might have been. I don't want to say Anslinger because, you know, it, we were still fighting things at that time, tax stamp and stuff like that. But really, the the change came when people started being able to find out that they could scare the white population by changing the name of cannabis to marijuana to make people say, to make people think in their mind automatically, it's a Hispanic thing. It's a black thing. And I don't even want to get into the shit that, that you know, if you just Google some of the just some of the stuff that they were throwing in people's faces back then about this, you, your jaw would hit the floor. It makes no sense whatsoever that if you decide to smoke a marijuana cigarette uh, and you hang out with other people that are Hispanic or black, that you're probably going to get raped by them. <laughs> like, that was the basis of the change. It's and true. I just don't, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't know that I called it marijuana my whole freaking life, man. Right. Right. My whole life. You know, we yeah. came up with a lot of creative things to call it too, but you know, it, it, it marijuana was the, uh, was the proper terminology for right. it? To us. You know what I'm saying? And that's yep. not even true. Yep. It's insane. We yes. have real quick. I had a, a question. Ryan Maker, what's up? Thanks for joining, man. I appreciate it, man. Um, what do you think about CBD products and their popularity and any contribution to wider marijuana acceptance? I think the Farm Act was huge in that way. Um, not only with cannabis, but having people grow huge crops of cannabis-like material and not freaking out about it is a gigantic thing. It's, it's another one of those things to break the wall down. It's also another another great crop for, for dying farmers to get their hands on. We already know what our government and everyone is doing to the food that we eat, right. let alone holding these farmers to in, in, you know in, insane uh, tactics and in, in the way that they grow their crops. This could be something that could replace their crop. And I think it has for a lot of people. In terms of cannabidiol, um, Ryan, I do believe 100% that it is a great, great product. I've only recently upped my daily take to about a hundred milligrams. And what I want you to understand is, you know, you're going to find sodas and stuff in stores and restaurants that are CBD water or CBD soda and stuff like that. First of all, I need you to know that if it's an aluminum can, any of the cannabidiol that's in there is probably gone now. Aluminum breaks down cannabidiol. 
So if you're if you're drinking CBD out of a uh, aluminum can or any soda like that, you're probably not getting what you think you're getting. Not to mention, you would have to probably drink a case of that a day to get any sort of cannabidiol effect that's positive to your body. Um, and the soda that it comes with is horrible. So you definitely won't want to drink, uh, drink a case of that. Um, but what I found, out, <laughs> I found out that 30 milligrams a day is still just as much of a waste for me as five milligrams. So I take about 100, 150 milligrams a day. And since I did that change, I've noticed a lot more, more of a, the ability for me to sleep. Now, that's been counteracted with me not smoking cannabis for the last three days. So they're fighting each other right now. But regardless, uh, Ryan, to answer your question, I think that CBD is legitimate. It's not bullshit. It's not snake oil. It's not something that you're going to that, that, that people are trying to sell you, because if it was, I don't think our government would have made it legal. I don't think that they would have said, you know, go ahead and grow this. And as long as you're growing it for the industry, it is OK for you to grow. It's just another one of those things that that I think they're trying finally opening their eyes and saying this is going to make us some money in some way because I can't even it's CBD is freaking expensive, man. The bottle that I bought would retail for about 150 bucks, man. I only paid 54 because I had a coupon. I don't know if I'm going to buy it again <laughs> because uh, it's a lot of money, but it's a lot of money for a reason. Now, do I think it should be worth that that much? I don't think it should be. I think it should be cheaper, but. Take it. Take it as we got it. I think. I think it, with federally legal cannabis, we might actually see a drop in price for the CBD. If I'm being honest. right, right. And I think that's you're going to see that anyway. Once we get more competition and you start seeing stuff open up a little bit more, I think you will also notice that there, there's probably going to be a federal tax though that's going to also be on top of what we're going to be dealing with uh, with dispensaries. So we may even see an uptick in the in the cost. Believe it or not, I don't think that'll be long lived. I think they'll be able to find ways to kind of counteract that. Uh, but there will be an additional tax to make sure that, you know, Washington's making their money, too, because the way it is now, it's pretty much staying with the states. Um, and, and as you mentioned earlier, absolutely, 100 percent, the states have been showing that they're just making money hand over fist. And that's what's turning state after state to look at this yeah. stuff and, and a little bit more closely than maybe they would have in the past. You know, if we had to introduce medical marijuana to legitimize it, then I have no problem uh, with 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 uh, with. Um, anybody having to to find a way to make money off and legitimize it themselves. If right. however you find a way to legitimize it in your mind, beautiful. You know, right. it's hard for someone to say to themselves, what the way I've been thinking for the last 55 years of my life is pretty much bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to find a lot of people saying that. Uh, they don't want to admit that. You don't want to, you don't want to admit that your president during the 40s and 50s was wrong. You don't want to admit that your mom and dad were full of shit because they were they were fed a line of shit by people who they thought were uh, you know, respectable and, and dependable and with that information. But we, we as a, as a, as a human race and as a country have grown intelligence and intelligence leaps and bounds since the fifties and sixties. It's just something that you cannot deny the, you know, right. overall, the way we are as humans in America, we are way smarter. We will not take the shit that we took back then. We will not fall for the same shit that we will fall for. But then that just means that the game changes. We, they were going to find new ways for us to fall into traps. Just like you, you said, it. you know, African-Americans, man, they are the chances of them going to jail, like you said, are just astronomically higher. And, and the system is built for that to happen. So this hopefully is going to chip away at some of that. I'm not I'm certainly not going to say it's going to make that situation any better. But I think uh, it will help. The more act will absolutely help. It's a step in the right direction, along with the Banking Act. These are the two things that absolutely have to happen to really grow our industry even further from where it's come, where it is now. 
and how far we've come in the time that we have. I I remember in the 90s telling my mom, I was like, hey, pot will be legal in, in 10 years for sure. You know, you'll see. Um, so I, I wasn't that far off. I mean, yeah. it was 98, I believe, that California was the first domino to fall. So 96 or 98. So um, it, it wasn't that far off. It, it, I was thinking federally, though. So I definitely was much further off. Um, so I'll bow to her better knowledge there. But this <laughs> like we are finally getting to that point so we can uh you know i can have that conversation with my mom still well you know there's a lot of things that keep us going here um at, at today for me it's not cannabis uh it's definitely cbd and some iced tea but the things that keep us going here at the casually serious podcast are our sponsors you know we've had a lot of people basically approaching myself ken man saying hey we know you're sort of an upstart we know you're an upstart podcast you're going to be doing a lot of things for the first time how about you let us do some things for the first time. And with that, I have to mention, you know, I don't want to get into too many of them right now, but you know, the, the, uh, last week we had, um, uh, smash mouth, uh, equipment company with their CBD mouthpiece. There's been five to 10 different kinds of companies that have come at us for sponsorship. And we are 100% thankful of all that. I can't tell you. I mean, I don't really want to say that we, uh, necessarily are going to need a lot of money for this show because we are kind of doing things in sort of a, um, I guess, in a lo-fi way, uh, sort of a grassroots, pun intended kind of thing. But regardless, we are 100% thankful for our uh, sponsors. And as of right now, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and see what our latest sponsor has to say. Have you ever been part of a crowd that you felt were becoming unruly? You shouldn't be afraid to protest when you feel it's necessary. In America... We have that right. But what happens when the crowd grows angry? You're not an angry person. When the yelling turns to punching, you know what you have to do. It's time to detonate a ganja grenade. The new ganja grenade by Gasface USA safely releases high doses of THC over a large area within seconds. Depending on wind, one 300 milligram ganja grenade can calm 100 people in their tracks. Mm, mm, mm. Gone is the yelling, the sound of punching turns to laughter, and the angry fire in their gut becomes hunger. We all want to make a difference in this world. Know that we can do it safely by having control of angry crowds. So the next time that you feel the need to exercise your First Amendment right to peacefully assemble, don't bring a gun, bring a grenade. Ganja grenades come in 100, 200, and 300 milligram doses and are available anywhere legal cannabis is sold. Check out ganjagrenade.com. Gasface USA, leaders in advancing cannabis in the security world. Gasface USA, that is what's up. And I know a lot of folks are going to say to themselves, where have I heard that from? You might be a third base fan. That's pretty awesome. I dig that. At the same time, pretty badass, man. They may have something to do with this. I, I wasn't able to really look up the uh, the owners and the board on this, so it, it, it may be a, a third base company. They they kind of just got in touch with us and thought political show. We're having this product. We really like to get out there, especially with I mean, come on, man, with the amount of protesting we saw through the summers and what we saw in D.C. recently. You know, we we all want to be able to be a part of 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 this if we feel like we're that strongly i mean you look at these protests this summer and you look at the faces in those crowds and those were people that you know there there was meaning there you know folks really felt un felt like they they wanted to say what they had to say and they wanted people to hear them uh, obviously there were plenty of people on on both sides in dc and and through the summer that you know are just ardent criminals at the end of the day they need to be arrested but 
to be able to calm a group of people this quickly and to use cannabis to do this. I mean, for me, I read the package and it says not to to open to, to ignite indoors, but I'm saying you got a party, 30, 30, 40 people in your house, pop one of those suckers open. I mean, you know, like the, the nerds back in the day, right? It was like, hey, wonder joints, right? To get the party going. No, guns are grenade, man. Let's yeah. rock. Let's get this party going. I love it. Great product. Great product. Thanks a lot to, to Gas Face USA on that. Really appreciate your support. I remember talking to Jimmy from Gasface and I and I was I was I asked him that same thing. I'm like, "What do you think this product is going to turn into?" Because I know what you're starting it out as, but I'm telling you what I would do with the freaking thing and it's exactly <laughs> You know, and I said well, I think we're getting a couple, so we got to try them out ourselves. We'll see what it's all about. Maybe we'll we'll pop one off on a show one day or something. <laughs> I think I think I think our our audience is probably saying to themselves, "Well, you know what? I you know, I might have a limited military knowledge, but grenades normally explode. I want to explain something to you." These do not explode. This is the same technology as you would get from a fogger if you happen to have bugs in your house, right. uh, anything like that. It's the smoke same. Bomb. It doesn't yeah. actually pop or explode at all. It just <laughs> smokes. That's you all we need. Die from the explosion of a cannabis grenade, the ganja grenade. That's not what we need. Thank you so much, Grenade. That is, that's a that's a badass product. And like you said, I don't know. We might if we can get some samples sent to us, it might be something <laughs> where uh, we can just do a fog filled podcast and see exactly what we get out. <laughs> We'll try all types of things here, whatever works. Yes, 100%. They're keeping things going. I Thank you so much for, for all of our sponsors, especially uh, Gas Face and last week, uh, Smash Mouth Equipment Company. Uh, we can get to a couple. I was trying to get to a couple of different questions, but I think we kind of answered all of them, if I'm being honest. Right. Um, for anybody who's, watching, anybody who's watching right now uh, who happened to post this here or <laughs> the person who had multiple crying giggly faces, or even person right here who had the uh, the the uh, the vocabulary to throw something like "sup" out at us. Hey, I want so you to know right now that in order for us to know who you are, you need to go to streamyard.com and sign up there. Give me your email address. Go ahead and and, and uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sign up. It's super easy. They actually you don't even have to have a password. You just you just put your email in. They email you a link and you're in. You don't have to remember passwords or anything. It's super easy. It's free. And it just allows you to be more of a part of our show so that we can kind of recognize you a little bit better, whether you want to use your real name or any kind of a username. That's up to you. But we would love to have folks to really be a part of this as much as possible. We'd love to shout out to some people. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for actually uh, chiming in earlier. Great question. And uh, good to hear from you, man. It's been a long time. So it's, uh, it's, it's, really, it's really cool to see that. And Andrew asked us if we think they're going to make it legal federally. Um, I'm glad you didn't ask for a time frame on that answer. Uh, do I think so? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen like tomorrow? Probably not. Do I think it's going to happen in six months? Maybe. Um, but it's definitely way closer than it has ever been. This We're sort of getting an alignment of, of, of uh, a movement and government sort of kind of holding hands here. And it's 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 exciting. I don't want to get too happy about it, if I'm being honest, because I've already I've been burnt too many times in my life. And that's just kind of the way I am. But uh, I'm ready for happiness when we do have that happen. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier for me to get the information that I want to get out from my cultivating information. You know, I am being blocked by every social media outlet because it's not federally legal. They're getting federal funds. You know, there's a lot of money. These, you know, a lot of these social media there, it's attached to, to, to big money and they don't necessarily want to promote anything that's illegal or federally legal that'll get them jammed up. So 
you know, once that happens, there's going to be sort of an explosion, I think, of a lot of positivity and a lot of action. And I just cannot wait for that to happen. No, 100 percent. And it's going to, you know, it's going to open the floodgates for investment companies as well. And that's the part that really we haven't seen step in here yet is Wall Street. And Wall Street will be a huge part of the cannabis industry as soon as they are allowed to work off the SEC exchanges, once banking is going to be on board with them, once SBA starts making loans for small businesses that are dealing with cannabis, none of these things are happening right now. So the only people that are really progressing their agendas at all are people that already have the capital to do so, which is why we see a lot of these kind of posh uh, centers popping up in Vegas and California that are generally got backings of, you know, athletes, musicians, actors, because obviously they see what's about to happen. You're getting in on the ground floor right now because you really are. As soon as Wall Street's a part of this, as soon as Washington is a part of this and that starts coming into, it's going to be a whole lot more difficult for the regular guy to jump on board. So anyone out there thinking of investing into cannabis, this is still your window of opportunity. Because now with this administration coming in, I truly do feel that it's going to move the legislation forward. And again, not just because it's a Democratic president, but because the Senate is now at a point where we've got someone in in office that is going to move legislation across the floor more so than Mitch McConnell did. So as much as people are either happy or sad about Trump leaving, me personally, the happiest part for me is that Mitch McConnell no longer decides what legislation comes to the Senate floor. It's no longer his decision. He called himself the Grim Reaper of bills from the House. He self-described himself this way. So this this is what he calls himself. This is what he's done. He's let the House pass whatever they want and just let it die on the Senate floor. That's not going to happen anymore. We're at least going to let people vote. We're at least going to see where all the senators sit. So some of those Republican senators that are from states that have medicinal marijuana and even pushing for recreational are going to be holding the feet to the fire of those congressmen. Because at the end of the day, they need to do what their constituents want them to do. They can work around them if they want. But at the end of the day, those constituents are the ones that keep them where they are. So they're going to have to answer to those people. Yes, sir. It's going to be a good thing when that happens, too, man, because, you know, it's 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 just uh, it's almost got that feeling of we're getting so close to where we want to be, but it's still sort of out of our out of the reach of our our hands and stuff. But it's getting closer. And like you said earlier, at this point, I don't know if there's any way to stop the machine that's already going. I don't think that they're going to be able there's no way that to turn around the legality of cannabis in California, Colorado and any of the other states that have it legal we've already come too far in in, right. in a positive way, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing. We have, we have a way to not only uh, advance ourselves as a culture, but also sort of have the po- folks that are in power, not look like a bunch of old assholes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Adopt that's true. Some sort of modern take on something. It would be, it would be a lot better for their, uh, for their voting, for the, whether they're voted in, people who are supporting them, whatever the case may be, they just don't, I don't, I don't think they understand just yet that if they just go ahead and jump on board with this right now, um, they'll be on the ground floor of a lot of good stuff. And there's already a bunch of apps that you can get on your phone right now where you can invest in cannabis companies because, you know, there are huge, huge companies like Veritas that, that grow pound thousands and thousands of pounds of weed for money, a, a bunch of different dispensaries. And you can get in and actually, throw money at them and invest in them and see if you can pull an ROI out of it, any return on investment. So we're starting to get close to that. And like you said, once the stock market opens up, you know, it might be too late for the average person to jump in there. So 
you know, do some homework, check out like the stash app. There's an app called stash. There's a few apps out there right now that uh, the only difference between them or whether they're charging you monthly or not charging you monthly, you're still getting access to the same companies all across all those platforms. And you still have the ability to uh, invest in cannabis if you want to. But like Ken said, you have to get into it now because yeah. by the time I already said to myself back, you know, 12 years ago, uh, I want to get into this business. It was already too late. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to cost you 2 million liquid to jump into a dispensary right now. If you have 2 million liquid, you're probably not on our show. You're probably not in the psych ward of our comment section. You might not be friends of ours either. I don't know. I mean, I, I got a lot of friends that have some money, but you know, those, those, uh, it, come it's, see us, come see us. We'll, uh, we'll work together. We'll work together. We'll make it happen. Your, your money in our, in our brains. We got it. We got you. The cannabis laws. They need I know we've gone wrong on the show a little bit more so than uh, we, we really kind of expected to, which is fine. I mean, this is what we do and, and we're happy to do it. Um, but I did want to see if there were still a few people out there, um, if they could help us out a little bit, because it, we're, we're doing a four part series. And next week, we're probably going to go into music as related to cannabis. And we have another show at the end where Bob and I have been kind of back and forth about what that topic would be. And I would love to hear from anybody out there that might have an idea of basically what in your everyday life as related to cannabis would you like us to talk about? We've talked sports. We've today talked politics. We're going to talk music next week. We've got a fourth show. So whether you let us know this week or next week, we're going we're to kind of let the we're going to kind of let the viewers, listeners help us out and uh, deciding what that final topic will be on that last show two weeks from today. Hopefully that's next week for the musical episode. Um, you know, it's one of our favorite topics, Bob and I, we love our music and I, I think that's going to be a really fun show. Definitely. And I've got some ideas for a, another show completely. That'll be sort of tied into all that. It's another time though. But uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today at uh, the casually serious podcast. Uh, we've been coming with a, coming up with a bunch of different ideas and how we're going to do this, whether we were going to record it first and then sort of edit it out. And I, Ken and I were just the kind of people where we decided what the hell we're going to do it live. Um, you know, we can, you know, let it, let it happen. You know what I'm saying? If we make a mistake, we make a mistake. I don't necessarily I don't want too much polish on this show, if I'm being honest. I, I really want it to be sort of a, uh, I know you feel the same way. You want it to be something that's accessible to to our friends and to right. family members and to people that know us and, and people who want to know us and stuff like and that. And people that don't, that just want to have, a, you know, be entertained for a little bit, hopefully learn a little bit, see what you can do. We're going to add a few more elements to the show to try to kind of, you know, keep, keep it popping, keep everybody moving with the show a little bit and uh, make it a little more fun as well. Uh, you know, it, it's something we've talked about a long time. We're putting together kind of before before our own eyes, before your eyes. You know, Bob's in Denver. I'm in Miami. So we're doing these shows from, you know, from, from literally across the country. Uh, today's technology is incredible. The ability to do this is awesome. And it's been a lot of fun. I mean, heck, I got uh, Paris behind me. So, you know, you can, you can it's great. I haven't even gone there. So that's that's uh, that's pretty badass. I have gone to these two places, though. So <laughs> I like those places all the time. <laughs> But anyway, folks, thanks for joining us on the Casually Serious podcast. Um, like you said, we're going to come back next week. We're going to talk about cannabis and music, which definitely go hand in hand. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever been to a concert where I didn't have a joint in my hand at one point. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Ken, man, you got anything you want to say before we take off, man? I just want to thank everybody again. Thanks for putting up with our uh, blabbing today with the politics. I, I know it's not always the, the best subject, and especially in today's extremely heated world of politics. But like I said, we're, we're never going to be 
partisan here one way or the other. We're just looking to try to get the facts across to people and, and stay as positive as possible on the show. We welcome everybody and anybody that wants to be a part of this and, and hope that you not only will tune in and check us out, uh, but maybe even comment and you know give us some ideas of, of how you think we can move forward with the show. And it, whether it's each show or another show, this this kind of the type of stuff that we're looking for right now. But we really do appreciate everybody out there, the support. And absolutely, our sponsors want to thank again very much for, for their support. This is uh, this has been unbelievable. I can't wait for next week. Yes, sir. Shout out to uh, Gas Face. Shout out to Dr. Brian Russell for the theme music that's cranking as of right now. Um, I know that's his original song, but he's actually working on a song specifically for uh, for TCSP. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that. It's just great to have my friends. It's great to have you here with me, Ken. This is something we've been talking about for a long time. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today, folks. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, join us next week for the, for the music portion of this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm probably going to be smoking weed at that point, so I might be a little funnier. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you have a great night and we'll see you soon. See you next week.